0: Welcome to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we value using our voice collectively to explore life challenges, including mental health, addiction, trauma, and ways to heal. With our voice, we empower, encourage, and transform lives. I'm your host, Daishika Bibbs, a certified trauma-focused therapist. Licensed Clinical Social Worker, and Licensed Certified Addiction Specialist. As you listen, ask questions, and enjoy the show, remember, this podcast is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. As we embark on this journey together, let's elevate our voice to echo the sound for the Voiceless. Welcome, 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 welcome. Today's guest is a clinical sexologist and a relationship specialist. She is passionate about engaging and supporting healthy families and intimate relationships. She is the founder of Explore Intimacy, a results-based counseling practice where she guides and empowers couples by giving them the tools to elevate and enhance their relationship. She also helps young adults through human sexuality education, which enables them to make the most knowledgeable and healthy decisions. To top it off, she is an international best-selling author of Speaking of Sex, Elevated Voices Podcast, would like to give a warm standing ovation round of applause for Shauna Harris for being on the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: No problem. So Shauna, I am dying to know, what was the inspiration and motivation behind your book, Speaking of Sex? Oh goodness, diving right in.
1: Okay, well, obviously I I, I didn't start out as a clinical sexologist. I started out as an educator. And when I taught um, education, my favorite thing on the curriculum was human sexuality. No teacher wanted to teach it. And they all came to me and said, Hey, do you want to take my class? I'll take, I'll take this class for you. And I'm like, bring it. Cause that was my favorite thing to talk about because it just, it just made everything so real. And it it, it took the, um, the professionalism, I guess, out of the teaching and it just made the vulnerability allowed to be, you know, allowed to seep in and the kids were just themselves. It was a safe place. And it was so, I don't know. It was just so inspiring to me. And a breath of fresh air, I guess. So fast forward, I became a mama, I put my teaching um, career on hold for a while. My family moved from Canada, that's where I originally am from, to um, the United States, where we reside now in Arizona. Um, I was a stay at home mama for um, eons. And then when my kiddos you know, like they're deciding on what they're going to do and what they're going to be. I just thought, okay, I think it's, this is a great kick in the pants for me to decide what I want to do. Now, meanwhile, all this is happening. My husband at the time was diagnosed with a mental illness. Okay. Um, It was decided um, by him not to treat when you have a mental illness and it's not treated. It's kind of a snowball effect, Got worse and worse and worse with him. And it turned um, into an abusive situation. I'm sure you know this as a trauma specialist, or but when, when you are in an abusive situation, your world becomes so stinking small. It does. Moving from Canada, where I had my whole family and my whole support system and my family is just so incredible. And then moving here where I knew absolutely no one. I am a, such an extrovert, but all of that was sort of stripped away. And you become so enclosed in your own little bubble just to be safe. I decided that obviously in order for me to be the safest and for my children to be the safest, I need to need to make some hard decisions of which um, I got out of the marriage. Um, That was a journey. It got really, really messy. And I look back now and I think I am so stinking proud of myself because when you are beat down, so to speak, to pulp, you just feel sometimes, especially when you don't have a support system, like I, I don't know what to do. And I I don't know where to go. But God gives you things for you to like open your eyes. And I'm just so glad I had my kids have done because if I hadn't had them to live for I, I mean, they give you purpose. So I am in a spot right now, which is so amazing. And I'm in a brand new relationship and a brand new marriage. But all through this, I thought, My story needs to have a purpose and my story needs to help people if I can, because there's no one on the face of this planet that I want to go through what I went through or my kids went through. So, how can I take my story and give it purpose and give it meaning and serve people the best that I can? And so, I You know, you sort of go inward and you figure out what you want to do. And education, education is my thing. I love, I love that field. But I wanted to go deeper, and and I sort of combined the two. And I went into um, life coaching and helping with that, and that was awesome. But it it didn't float my boat. And so I dug deeper and I dug deeper and human sexuality and um, communication and how couples communicate and all of that. It just fuels me, and it 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 just it gives me purpose, and so the book was inspired through my story, in that so many things were not allowed to be talked about in my marriage, okay? And that sounds so harsh and silly because I am such a little spitfire, there's nobody that's gonna boss me. like, like yeah. that is my whole entire life. But when you're in a situation not of your choosing, you just kind of get wrapped up in it, and it you, you do things, you walk on eggshells. If I can catch couples way, 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 way back and teach them how to communicate and how to talk with confidence about the things that are awkward and the things like vulnerability. I wasn't allowed to be vulnerable. Like vulnerability is for like people that are weak. And I mean, I, that's how a lot of us grew up that are my age. That's true. So educating myself and going through a whole sort of like um, restoration or, you know, a renovation And I come out on the other side and I just thought, you know what, I need to do this. And especially with COVID and what isn't working, boom, you're in a house of four walls with this person that you, you you know, you're either in a relationship with or you're married to or whatever, and your kiddos are jumping around, you've got to educate them, blah, blah, blah. There's so many things that, that happened in this past year. And I thought, if I can take the tools that I've learned through educating myself and through the um, experiences that I've had, put them in a book and also counsel one-on-one or um, coach one-on-one, I'm doing it. Yeah. I just sat down and started writing the book. And I just, I, I always love to write because that's what, um, that was one of my passions when I was younger. And so it just flowed. And it's just so amazing how when the stars align or whatever you choose to say, like the book took me 90 days to write. So, I mean, I just sat down and just, it just started. So yes, that was the inspiration to my book. I just want to help people not go through what I went through and have some tools because a lot of people have a, like, I'm going to, I want to, I want to have this great marriage or I want to have this great sex life, but they don't know how. So I'm here to help.
0: All I can say is, wow, like your story alone is so powerful and inspirational. It means a lot. For you to take that big step in putting all of your intimate secrets in a book for the public to read. And by the way, it is an amazing book. And so you touch on so many different things in your book. But before I ask specifically about some things in your book, I want to acknowledge two of the things that you mentioned in regards to your inspiration. And that is the abusive relationship that you are in and a sense of loss for you to acknowledge that I'm going to teach other people. You know, I had a rough time and I just want to teach other people and guide and empower other people and enhance what they have going on so they won't suffer like I did. You know, I think that speaks volume to the person that you are. I appreciate you saying that. Oh, no problem. In your book, you talked about the different types of intimacies. And I would like for you to share a little bit about that.
1: So when people hear the word intimacy, a lot of people just go straight for the sex. And I like to think of that as sort of like the last piece of the puzzle, because there's so many other things that build intimacy and create that really strong foundation that we want. And that actually propels us to many, many, many years of an extraordinary marriage or an extraordinary relationship. So, what I like to do is I like to break the word intimacy down into subcategories one being intellectual intimacy, your ideas, your thoughts. When, when you have a discussion with somebody about politics or religion or um, anything, It's you connect with somebody on a different way. And when you're connecting with somebody um, using your intellectual mind, what does that do? It's a connection. My next one is spiritual intimacy. Everybody is on their own um, individual spiritual path. And that could mean religion. That could mean meditation. That could mean like, there's so many um, broad um, definitions we have of that today and whatever works for you is, is great. But working on your, your spiritual intimacy with your um, significant other, that is also a huge, huge connection builder. So I I just highly encourage people to not let that one go by because it's something that can unite in such a beautiful, beautiful way. Even if you don't have the same beliefs, you can come to together to uh, uh, like on a path that that you both can agree on. And that works for you. Every couple is very, very different. Uh, My next one is financial. And everyone's like, Mental intimacy.
0: What? Yes, yes, that's a biggie.
1: It's a biggie, and it's a tough one to navigate sometimes because it's it's a button for a lot of people. But it is one that we need to delve into. So when when we talk about finances, I'm not just talking about a budget. I'm talking about how how do you view money because that impacts your relationship, right? Like if people are afraid of money, or or money has been used as a manipulative tool in their past or their journey then they have a negative view on money and that can impact their their future relationships or the relationship that they're in. So just having an open conversation, like what does money bring up for you? And um, again, it, it, it does encompass um, budgeting too, but it's just an open kind of conversation or um, an open door on money. What are your important things to spend money on? And what, what do you think that, we should be spending um, on on food, or, or should we? We need to be planning for our kids' education. All of those kinds of things. What are your dreams? What, what what's on your bucket list to do that that would involve us saving money or like anything revolving money or finances? Right, that one is 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 on my list. Um, recreational, super fun, and people kind of like don't really think that this is an important thing, but oh my gosh, it is the easiest way to increase the intimacy in your relationship is just by having fun and doing things together. Yes. Doing things apart is, is, is awesome. So if, if your guy plays basketball and, and you like to read or to knit or whatever it is, that's important to have your own little thing, but you have to spend some time together. You have to unite and, and find things that you love together. And um, I was helping a couple yesterday And, and he said, you know, I, I wanted to, um, I was working on them individually. And at the end we come together and he's like, I I wanted to plan a picnic and, um, take her on a, on a little hike and then have a picnic. Does that sound cheesy? I'm like, dude, the thoughtful part of it, the, the, the whole thought process of you wanting to want to do something for her amazing, um, thinking of something that she would enjoy, amazing um like there's so many so planning things surprising like like that that element of fun in my book I've got over a hundred different ideas to do with your loved one whether it be COVID um like in this COVID world or not like my hubby and I we have date night every Friday and I it's sounds silly but we go for a walk and we hold hands and we're silly and You know, like you just laugh, you find ways, things to laugh at. And uh, I mean, or you could do something extravagant in a hot air balloon or go surfing or what, I I, I don't care what it is, just find something that the two of you enjoy doing together that you love, that you, or maybe that's something new. Because when we implement the element of fun or something new, it sparks those hormones in us, right? The dopamine, the adrenaline. do those do those get things moving and when things are moving the intimacy increases and then your sex drive whoo that guy wakes up and it just honestly it just it sounds so simple to do something fun together but it makes a significant significant difference and um the next one is physical intimacy and we know that one is, um, super empowering because it's obviously physical touch. And, um, I also talk about like the five love languages in my book, um, and which it is really important too. And one of those is physical touch. And if your person doesn't, doesn't feel loved by physical touch. That's okay too, but physical touch is so important—sexual and non-sexual touch, like holding hands, great. Um, You know, pinching a butt as you go by, um, giving a massage, any kind of touch—it does something to our skin. Like our skin is the biggest organ in our body, and so when it is touched, like our body just—it just does things that unbelievable. So we can't forget the the um, the physical touch. You also have to think about the like sex is in there too. Um Again, that's kind of my last piece of the puzzle. But when you have all of these intimate moments during the day, during the week, you are more prone, you are more willing to jump between the sheets and like have a little sex session when you're on the same page or when you've been like pursued or touched or like nobody wants to jump in the sack when they haven't been looked at for a week or a day. It's just like, Sorry, I'm not like I'm not, I don't feel connected. I'm 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 out. And uh, the last one is emotional intimacy. Some people kind of kind of fight because it's tough. It's tough to get raw, and it's it's tough for some to be vulnerable. But what I like to say is like put on that little vulnerability cape and start to fly. Vulnerability was a weakness, and it took me a roller coaster ride and a lot of education and letting go of my ego to figure out that vulnerability is such an act of courage and it's an act of strength. And if you can hold on and you know allow yourself to be vulnerable with your person, that connection and that intimacy goes through the roof. And when we talk about um, emotional intimacy, intimacy, I'm talking about your wants, your needs, your desires, like how are you feeling? In my first marriage, Um, feelings weren't discussed because they were seen as like an issue and a problem. And like, I don't want to hear your problems. And now like my guy looks at me and he's like, what's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, Oh, I'm feeling a little bit. And then, you know, the verbal diarrhea comes out, but it feels so good because I can be my true self. And when you allow yourself to be, to be vulnerable, that connection just builds and it grows and it's just, it just like not a lot when you have those those um, those categories of intimacy nailed down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If something comes at you and and God throws you a curveball, you are your foundation is is strong it and is. it may crack because you know cracks always happen. But it's so much easier to repair when you are intentionally making decisions every day to work on. The, the intimacy categories that, that I discussed. And that when you do it every day, little teeny dinky things like pinching a butt or, you know, like whatever, like just make those connections. Honey, you're looking pretty hot today. Like something yeah. simple like that connection.
0: Right. And thinking of your different types of intimacy, the word that came to my mind was holistic intimacy because you need all of those levels in order to. Make things work. And so that's what you call healthy intimacy. Yes. For a lot of us, again, when we think of that concept, intimacy, it has changed over the years. But again, our mind goes directly to, oh, sex. And I think because our culture has molded us to look and interpret intimacy with sex. And it's much more than that. Like like you said, in your book speaks volumes of that.
1: It's so much more than that. Yeah, I agree.
0: I was thinking of your different types of intimacies and how that can put a strain on a relationship. And so a lot of people who may experience domestic violence or who may experience a toxic relationship do not have a well-balanced, holistic, healthy aspect or understanding of intimacy?
1: You know, I I think a really easy way to look at it is like a table with, with, um, legs and each leg is so important to maintain that table and to maintain the balance of that table. And if one of those table, one of those uh, legs is cut off or it's, it's not worked on, or it is, you know, out of balance your whole relationship is a little out of whack. Like you're, you're feeling like sometimes like a a little disconnected. And so just being a little bit introspective and thinking, okay, like what's going on right now? And why am, why are things feeling a little bit off? Ah, last night, something was said and I I didn't think it bothered me, but it bothered me. And I, I I think I should, I'm going to address it today. And like, bang and not waiting like a week or two. Like I had a client, um, on Monday, they were saying, you know, um, I initiated sex and he said, oh, I just did it because I felt obligated. And so I walked away thinking oh, I did what I was supposed to do. And she was thinking, well, he just did that because he felt he had to. And then they didn't talk about it for two weeks. I'm like, wow, let's just make a plan that if stuff like that happens, like that's like that anxiety invoked feeling that you're, that you have to harbor for two weeks. Yeah address it right, right there, right there. And then, and I'll give you the tools. I'll even give you dialogue if you need, if you need me to help you with that, if you can't find the words, but just like getting on top of things, like right away, no pun intended. So important. And a lot of people like a little sweepers, like sweep things under the rug. And I'm like, uh-uh. no, because once you sweep things under the rug, there's like a bump in the carpet. And then you come, you walk by the carpet and you
0: trip. Yeah.
1: Things like, elevate and they become more of a mountain. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh let's just keep the sweeping the stuff out the door and don't keep it in the door.
0: Yeah. You said something really critical communication. You have to be able to communicate. And that is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a intricate, vulnerable as well, passionate, lovable thing when you do communicate. And it's, effective communication because I can communicate with anybody about what I need and what I want, but being able to have that solid connection, like your husband, he can read it on you. You didn't even have to tell him that you had some issues or you were going through a rough day, or you had something on your mind that was bothering you. Because when you have that intimate connection and you guys have this open, blossoming communication, effective communication within your relationship. Hey, it's, it's solid. You know, it's solid.
1: It's a different, different ballgame for sure. Like in my, in my first marriage, we rarely discussed anything having to do with um, emotions or um, relationships or like anything to do with the body. Never sex ever. When I started getting into this relationship, he is such a communicator. That at first I'm like, what do you want? Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, you like to talk way too much, is what I was thinking because I didn't know any better. Like I came from a world where, unless you have something that I think is of value, don't speak. Right. And so now I was, it's interesting to me too, because when when people get out of um an abusive relationship. Unless they work on themselves, they end up in the exact same relationship. They do. And so I was very conscious of that. But it's so funny to me how God works because I went from one scenario completely opposite one. And I'm just like, I was like, this is a bit much. This guy wants to talk about my feelings all the time and, and where I'm at and where our relationship was at. I'm like, something's, something's up here.
0: Something wrong with him. <laughs> wrong with him. And until I
1: did the work, now I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for putting me in this situation. Because not only did I end up in this amazing, healthy relationship, but I learned what healthy was. And I didn't know. I had no clue. Because what I thought, what I had was like normal. And then you find yourself in this alternate universe. And it's just like, like I thought he was like trying to get me in the sack early because he was talking so much about how I was feeling. And I'm like, nah, I don't know. You, you got some work to do and quite uh-huh. a few years to get under your belt before I'm going there because I just out of a situation and I'm not going back. It, it's honestly super funny. And I'm just super grateful for what I've been through because like I said, I've I've learned what healthy is about. And it's such a gift that I, Can give my kids because they now can see what a healthy relationship is. And I think that that is so empowering because they didn't have that for the majority of their life.
0: Right. And I just want to piggyback off of something you said, which was I thought this was normal. And most people, they get stuck in that cycle of abuse because they don't know and they think it's normal. Sometimes it's generational, and it may be my parents did this, and this is how my mom treated my dad, or my dad treated my mom, or my grandparents treated each other. So, this is what I thought a man should be like, or this is what I thought a woman should be like. And so, being able to acknowledge and understand and distinguish healthy from unhealthy is very critical. And so, A lot of us, when we see that cycle of abuse, people may say, I just don't understand. Why does she keep going back? Why do he keep going back? They're so stupid. It's not the fact of they're stupid. It's the fact of they haven't learned new skills. They haven't learned what healthy look like. They haven't learned or unlearned what they have learned, if that makes sense. And so- Such a pattern too, right? Yeah, it is.
1: It feels, for lack of better words, it feels, that's my security blanket. That's my safety. That's what I know. And the unknown, although it's healthy, it doesn't feel right because I've never experienced that before. So like I, when I looked at him, I'm like, what are you talking about? When he was wanting to talk to me, like, although that was so healthy at the time to me, it was so foreign. And so it wasn't my normal.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And I was thinking back when you said it's scary. The unknown is scary. And I have my safety blanket, my secure net, and this is what I know. And so this is what I'm going to stick with. And I think that fear drives all of that. And once you learn that it's okay to step outside of that safety net, it's okay to take off that comfy blanket, then you can see your life in a different way.
1: And it's so freeing. Like one of my favorite songs is, um, I can't remember his name, but it's called Fear is a Liar. And it's so good because fear and I were like best buds for like a long time, like years. And it, it was so debilitating. And when I first got into my um, healthy relationship, when some questions were asked of me or when a button was pushed or something that triggered me, I sometimes I opened my mouth to speak and nothing would come out. And it was so frustrating because I wanted so much to speak, but fear just shut it down. And I, I just, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And sometimes I'm still triggered, you know, years later, it doesn't happen very often, but I have learned the tools and, and some skills to, you know, to, to get out of that and to um, choose more healthy ways of, of thinking and all that kind of stuff. But I agree. Fear is, he's not a not one you want at your table. Yeah. He needs the eviction notice.
0: <laughs> Definitely. It is so real. Like fear, it, it's so real to the point where you feel like it is like literally standing next to you. Like that's how powerful fear is.
1: It can squeeze the life out of you. That's what I felt so many times. Like I, like I could feel my chest just getting just squished. And it was just so, like you said, so real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: not a thing I want anybody to feel.
0: Definitely. And I'm going to take a step back because one of the things that you mentioned, again, is unhealthy relationships. Some people who are in unhealthy and or toxic relationships suffer some form of abuse. And they don't realize that this is an abusive relationship, whether it's sexual, financial, verbal or emotional or even physical that ties so much into what we're talking about and discussing now, some women and even some men feels that it's okay to be abused
1: sadly I, I see that sometimes, and it's um, a place that I, I don't wish on uh, on anybody, but again, it's that pattern, and it's that where do I feel safe because what feels normal to me and it's it's tragic to me, and I know that if I can get out, anybody can, and you just need to if you can't do it by yourself, like what's really, what's the point? Like, if you want something done, strap your boots on and do it yourself. That through my entire journey, that thought process, that thought process is, is down the toilet. Cause I just think nobody gets, nobody gets to where they want to be without some form of help. And in my, I mentioned like when you, when you are born, you're not just, you know, born in say, see ya, you know, see ya. No, you are taken home, you are taken care of, you are fed, you are clothed, you are loved, you are nurtured. And so from day one, we are helped. And so we, we I don't know what happens along the way. And we think that, you know, we have to do this on our own and I have to be strong. And I've heard the word man up so many times and I just, it frustrates the heck out of yes. me. It's, that's not Okay. We Everybody needs help. I don't care who you are, what you do, how manly you are, or how unmanly you are, how feminine, what I don't care. Everybody needs help to get to where they are. And I, I think the, the sooner that we learn that, the better off we are, whether a marriage coach or a mental health expert or your doctor, whomever you decide or choose to reach out to, there shouldn't be any shame in that it shouldn't and I think society puts shame on that and it's just so sad to me especially when you look at the state of the mental health in our country it's extremely sad and it's it's you know it's gotten a lot worse over the last couple of years you know you know especially with COVID and I, I just think people I, I wish people were given the approval or the okay to say hey you know what I need help.
0: Yeah. And I value Shauna so much of what you do. You know, your heart is in it. You can hear it. You can see it coming off of you that you want to support and encourage and guide and educate in a healthy way. And you're doing this every single day. And so, like you said, when you know better, you do better. And it is very, very important the work that you do. And so I just, I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for just being a beast in your field. You know, it's a lot that goes into being able to take your story and use that as a a fire to help others, but not just help others. You are literally, you're changing lives.
1: That's my, that's my passion, girl. I'm, I'm trying, you know, people think of relationships and marriage is so complex. And one of my first things to do is just strip it away. And again, no, I don't mean to be funny about that, but it's so, it can be made so simple if you allow it to be made simple. And if you like re- great relationships and great sex lives don't just happen.
0: You have to work at that.
1: Just like your bank account. If you don't look at it, guess what? Nothing's happened. You don't don't give it some love. It's not giving you any love. So I think of that the same way. So, you know, you've got to work at it. And by work, like work has such a negative connotation sometimes. Like that's one of my favorite things to do is make what I do fun. Because who wants to do something that isn't fun? Yeah. Nobody aspects of it. Like when we, when we dive in and, you know, talk about needs and like what, like some of it is, is vulnerable and it's challenging a little bit, some of it, but the main thing is fun. Like make everyday fun, like dance in the kitchen. Um, My my husband like serenades me with the silliest songs about how hot I am, but like, it's so awesome. It's just, whatever works for you guys that's fun and makes you laugh like it's tiny bit of effort like that's the song he sings to me like he sings some silly song every single solidary day what is that 20 seconds of his time like we are just connected right there so whatever it is just a little bit of effort every day amounts to huge change yeah really strong foundation
0: you said being vulnerable i think that that's something that we as humans are Scared to do, we are scared to let down our guard, truly let down our guard to let someone in to see us because what if they judge us, what if they misunderstand us and i don't I don't want to be misunderstood you know i I want to be accepted I want it to be i want to be loved, and whatever that looks like, you know if I have to fake it to make it, that's what I'm going to do if that means you know being in this toxic relationship then that's what i'm going to do because i have someone there but it takes a toll on you it takes a toll on your mental health and before long literally you will feel like you're the one that's losing your sanity in there yeah yep and you know you you start questioning yourself and then when you look in the mirror you don't even realize who you are anymore
1: But the journey back from that, when you do ask for help, and when you start learning about yourself, and when you start opening that suitcase and getting vulnerable and throwing the stuff out, and like it's so freeing and such a weight off. Like I always make a joke and say, like I lost two hundred pounds, which is how much my ex weighed. But I mean, it it's so much more than that because it's like you're born again. It's like my stepmom said to me one day, "Shauna, you you get to have your own house. You get to like decide whether you like spinach and whether you like to put you know your cups over here or over here." And I'm like, oh, "Oh yeah, it's so yes." And every time I close it, this is my cupboard, and this is so empowering. And this is this is me. And I think once you tap into that energy and and start believing in yourself. And knowing that I am worth more and no matter how many scars or wounds or whatever my suitcase looks inside that I'm holding on, if if somebody doesn't appreciate me for who I am and what I have to offer, because my suitcase is pretty damn good. Although there are some scars and some like whatever, everybody has that. But I think that when you put forth the energy that this is who I am. And I'm going to be vulnerable because I know now that vulnerability is my, one of my biggest and most courageous tools. Mm -hmm. Different people that start coming into your life is so 180. Like it, yeah. it, it, it is very, very, and I, I know coming from that spot of like, I think I'm going crazy. Like I, I, I'm in such a dark spot and I'm, I'm in this bubble of, and I'm so detached from the rest of the world. I don't even know how to get out, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I am proof of that. And I am going to do mm-hmm. my hardest to help whomever comes in contact with me to get out of that bubble or to learn the skills to just be who you are. and that's the most beautiful thing to be because God made us who we are and we only, we can be the best me. Yeah. So why try to be anybody else? And yeah. I tried that for way too long. I tried the white picket fence and tried to be the perfect wife. Where did that land me? Mm-hmm. Not in a place that I, la- I wanted to be. Right. So I think that earlier that we learned the tools, how to communicate effectively and how to express our needs, because ultimately it does come down to that. If I'm in a situation that I am not happy with, my needs are not being met. Right. They're not. So that that's when you strip it all away. That is exactly what we need to look at. How do I communicate my needs? And my needs are going to fluctuate from day to day, hour to hour, whatever. But so are yours and yours and yours and yours. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be effective communicators in, in expressing our needs. And um, sometimes that sounds daunting to some people. But once you get in the habit of talking about the tough stuff, it doesn't become so tough anymore.
0: Right. Right. It doesn't.
1: Like when I first started on this journey talking about sex, I with my partner, I'm like, ooh, it was sort of like cringeworthy because I wasn't comfortable with it. It wasn't a safe place. Now it's like he turns the corner and I ask him a question or he asks me a question or and it's just like no big deal. Yeah. So like that is my goal to help people get comfortable with the, with the uncomfortable.
0: Right. And so Shauna, with that being said, what tips would you give to listeners who may be struggling with a toxic relationship and whether or not they should leave?
1: Well, I think when there is abuse or any form of like toxicity, I think outside help is, is needed for sure. Because I think that when you're in it, it's so thick and it's so dark and it's hard to navigate in the darkness. It's it's by yourself. It's it's really hard to navigate in the darkness. So when you ask for help and you have the the hand to hold you through it, that's what I would suggest Is is, is asking for help for sure. And then if you are in a relationship or in a marriage where you're just in a rut or you're just frustrated or you feel rejected or resentment or anything like that. I always think before you point fingers, you need to look at yourself first Yes, and say, what am I bringing to this that is making the situation better? And if I can't think of anything, I'm not working hard enough. Right. I think that with every communication, with every interaction that you have with your significant other, you need to be intentional. You need to come to it, not from the perspective of what am I going to get out of this? Or how is he going to make me feel loved? or she going to make me feel loved? It's what can I bring to this situation that's going to make it better? What can I say to be loving? What can I do to be loving in this moment? Because I think we get into the habit of what am I going to get out of this? Yeah, we do. No, it's just a tweak of a perspective. And it's going to say, now, what can I bring to this? That's going to propel me closer to my sexuality goals or my marriage goals or my relationship goals. How, how do I make this better? And I think when you get into the habit of that, you start seeing more positive things. Definitely. You you start, um, the negativity sort of starts to like fizzle away. And it's it's it doesn't come to your mind as automatically as it used to. So my first tip is to, is to look inward and figure out what I'm doing that, that is making the situation better. Another thing is, is I would say instill some fun, like through COVID, I think that a lot of us just, you know, you get into the routine and you're listening to politics or you're listening to like the latest COVID um, stats and it's just so much. It is. It's hard. And so shut that TV off and, you know, go do something fun. And it doesn't have to cost money, you know, make dinner and sit on the floor or go in the backyard or go for a walk, dance in the rain. Maybe something that you haven't thought of or haven't done before, or maybe it's something that the two of you just really, really, really love and enjoy. Write a love letter to him or put a post-it note you know hope to see you naked later or something it doesn't it doesn't even have to be that like risque or whatever if that's not your you know your thing but like just something something text him say text her and say something like I I've made a surprise for you or I'm waiting for you whatever whatever you want to say just if the tiniest of effort will switch an entire day around it would so it's just I, I can't stress enough it's it's like the little tiny teeny things and so if we can focus on like, and people just think, oh my gosh, I, I'm in such a place and I, I just can't get out. I, I'm going to need like, a, I, I'm going to need an anchor or I'm going to need something huge to, to, to make this. No, you don't need something huge. Yeah. You, need, you need tiny little things every single solitary day. I also, um, journaling is a huge thing that I, that I ask my clients to do. The reason I ask them to do that is because it's a brain dump and it gets whatever's going on in your mind, just out yeah. on paper. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if you write with a crayon, a Sharpie. I don't care if there's like expletives in there. I don't care if things are spelt right. I don't care Yeah. if something is frustrating you, or even if it's a great day, it's just a way to get it out. And it helps things in your brain. Your brain's like a filing cabinet. And sometimes it, things are filed the wrong way. And it just helps us sometimes pen to paper. Can I do it on the, my computer? No, you need to tip pen to paper. Yes. And, and that helps, you know, getting on a call with me, like girl night. with your Oh, parents, yes. Even if it's a Zoom call or guys night, if you go golfing or I don't know, whatever you do. I'm not sure what your state or what your city or whatever is is okay for you to do right now. But, I just do something, connect with somebody, and whether it's your parents or friends or well like whatever, just we just can't sit in a spot of negativity. We need to flip around definitely. The tiny, teeny tweaked perspective, and like the whole world can open up and there's like it just looks differently when when you bathe yourself in some positivity or allow yourself to see more positivity. Like I, I, I told somebody else a funny thing. Like my husband is the chef in my family. Love it. Total turn on for me. Cause I don't have to do it. I'm I'm like Betty the baker. I'll bake whatever you want me to bake when I, I'll bake it. But sometimes he gets like so distracted and he's like, man, I, I did myself tonight. It's so funny to hear, to, to, to hear him. But I look over and um, the kitchen is just a
0: disaster.
1: And I am like a meat freak. So I, there's some stuff like you need to let go because does it really matter? Like in my right. old, in my old life, I probably would have freaked out, mm-hmm. and then that wouldn't have ended well. So in you know in my new life, it's just a tweak perspective, and I think, oh my gosh, I am so freaking lucky to have somebody that loves to cook and that provides like amazing meals. How about I do the dishes? And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to do the dishes. And I'm like, no, well, why don't we do them together? Yeah. So it's just like simple, simple things like that completely change the way you look at the scenario or, or the, the situation.
0: I will have to agree. It's the small things that count and being able to pick your battles. Oh, yes. Because, you know, sometimes it's really not worth the time or the effort that goes into that and you have to be able to look at the the whole situation as it being um, half full or half empty. And then you, you determine how you're going to react or not react to that situation. And I love the fact of you said, well, my husband, he cooked, and, but the kitchen was a disaster. And the old me would have like flipped out. But, you know, instead of me flipping out, I took a different perspective in my mind and I saw things differently. And I said, well, since he did cook, let me clean the dishes. You know, that there's nothing wrong with that. And that's basically, you know, pulling that positive out of, you know, that situation. And I love it. (laughs) I love it.
1: And I think, too, we get in such a a, a pattern and it's like everything we do is a pattern from brushing our teeth to brushing our hair to putting on our clothes you put your left sock on before your right like usually it's the same thing every single solitary day and i think if we can break some of these patterns and if you have the tools and you are become aware it's so much easier i like to help my clients learn how to respond as opposed to react because when something happens and you're ready to just like, usually about six seconds before you go down the road that I'm going to freak out. Mm-hmm. And I want you to go down the ore. So what we, we, I just make them like two feet on the ground, take a deep breath, close your eyes if you need to, and just think, I'm not going down that road. I'm going down this road. And you respond and like w- the world kind of changes when you, when you are able to do that. It does. Because responding as opposed to reacting changes your, your life completely. It does. It
0: really does. So Shauna, if someone wants to learn a little bit more about you, how can they reach you? I would love that. Um, they can go
1: to my website, which is exploreintimacy.com, or they can go on Instagram is also intimacy. My book is also available um, on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, and I'm not really sure where else. It's starting to trickle out in, in more places. Honestly, I, I am more than willing to help, and I would be um, happy to serve whomever needed it.
0: Well, listeners, you have heard it from Ms. Shana Harris, the clinical sexologist and Relationship Specialist. If you want to learn more about her, please use her social media tags, guys. She's here to help. Thank you, Shauna, for being on Elevated Voices Podcast. It was a pleasure having you today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I had fun. No problem.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we enjoy using our voice to share information which promotes growth and change. Never feel like you are alone. Join our Elevated Voices podcast community at Elevated Voices underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned to bi-weekly episodes wherever you get your podcast. If there is a topic that you would like me to cover or if you have questions, you can send me an email via my Elevated Voices podcast Facebook page. And remember, don't forget to let your voice be heard.